Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. So we're starting a brand new series this week, and it's called A Better Way. A Better Way. And so we're going, to ex- we're going to explore some deep questions and discover some great things about our life in comparison or in the light of what Jesus actually teaches and talks about. And so I'm going to warn you straight up right at the start that I'm going to raise some questions, a question that might make you feel uncomfortable. It might make you feel a little bit, you know, wondering why I'm asking that up. And at the end of this message today, I'm not going to wrap it up in a nice bow. It's not going to be concluded. I'm not going to wrap it up because most of life's problems aren't solved in 30 minutes. Right? It takes a bit longer than that. And so that's why we're going to explore these theories of life and questions about life because we need to really discover our purpose, our goal, God's plan, and who we are in the whole process of life. And so maybe you've had some questions rattling around in your brain, and your mind, inside of you for a while right now. Questions about faith, questions about God, questions about where you are in the whole scheme of life. And is life meaningful? Is there a purpose in life? Is it just going through the motions of life or is there some deeper meaning? Or maybe you're here for the very first time and you're actually a new faith believer and you've decided that you, know, you want to come and explore faith and you haven't really committed yet. You haven't made that decision to follow Jesus completely. You're just exploring life and you're exploring faith and you're saying, does this actually impact my life? If I follow Jesus, is there going to be a significant difference in my world, in my life? I want to have some questions around that still before I make this commitment. And sometimes, you know, life is just hectic. It's busy. Life's problems come into our world over and over again. And sometimes we don't feel like we can get a way out. And you're wondering, in the busyness of life, where's God? I don't feel, I don't sense, I don't feel comfortable with all these things. Does life matter? Do I matter in the whole world and scheming of things? And so today... The title I have for you is called The Space in Between. The Space in Between. And so, right at the start, I'm going to ask you a question. And those of you that have been Jesus followers for a long time, try not to get offended. And those of you that are new to faith, you probably would ask this question. And those of you that are having questions that maybe you've not voiced anyone before, but it's in there somewhere. This is the question I want to pose to you. Have you really asked yourself this? Does Christianity work? Right? Does Christianity work? Or am I just doing this because it's what I've been taught to do? I'm just following along in the patterns of my ancestors, my elders, my parents. Does it work? Because sometimes I'm doing church, I'm doing life, I'm doing issues in the world, and it feels like in the busyness of church and life at the same time that I'm getting burned out, but I'm not feeling the presence of God. I've prayed and I've been praying for something for a really long time, and it looks like there's no answer. It doesn't feel like I'm getting an answer. So is my prayers in vain? Am I just praying Maybe you're discouraged in your prayer life. It seems like prayers don't actually work because you've been waiting and you've been asking and you haven't got an answer. I'm doing what's right. I'm trying to treat people right. I'm coming to church on Sunday. But somehow, sometimes it feels wrong that my life isn't lining up to what you're standing up here on the platform and talking about. I feel... Christianity is not working for me. It feels like I'm putting in so much stuff over and over again, so much effort, and it feels like there's nothing coming out. I feel like my life is getting dry. It feels like I'm in a desert. It feels like things aren't going the way I want them to go. And as I said before, maybe you're just exploring faith and you want to know, does this work? 
because it's important. It has a great life issue. It's going to impact my life for the rest of my life. And so I need to know. Now let me say straight up, all of these are valid questions. And if you're new to faith, you might be wondering, is this important? Is this walk, is this faith, is this lifestyle, is this choice important? Let me assure you that questions are okay. It doesn't mean if you have a question that somehow your faith is eroded. Somehow if you're questioning, does this work that you're not actually following in the way of Jesus? If you're asking the question, does this work for my life? It doesn't mean that you're a sinner or you're far from God. It just means you have questions. And that's okay because here's the amazing thing about God. He doesn't mind you asking questions. In fact, he encourages questions because he's a prayer answering God. He wants to answer the question you have. And maybe you're thinking, I don't hear anything. But that's okay. We're going to talk about that this morning. It just means you have questions. And what's amazing about Christianity and especially about Jesus is that questions are okay. It's okay to have questions. God is not going to be mad. He's not going to be upset at you. He's not going to think less of you. He's not going to feel like your faith is low or you're having a problem. He just knows that sometimes we have seasons where we go up and we go down. And not every season of life is great. You know this as an adult. We have times where we have great happy times. And there's times where we go through difficult seasons. Relationship-wise, financial-wise, problems-wise, work-wise. We have tough times. And it's okay to ask questions. God, where are you in the middle of all this situation? Where are you when it feels like things are going wrong? God, didn't you answer my prayer? Why don't you answer my prayer? Do you even care? Does my life matter? Why am I struggling to pray? Why am I struggling in this relationship? Why can't I seem to make any headway in life? Why do I feel so tired sometimes in the busyness of life? I don't sense your presence. Why did I get fired? Why did I lose my job? Why am I having problems at school? I thought this was what I was supposed to be doing. I go to church every Sunday. I show up. I smile. And it seems like I'm having problems. And it's... I'm just not feeling happy in life. I'm just not feeling fulfilled in life. And so we come to the question, does Christianity work? There's got to be a better way. So often, most of us, especially as Christ followers, when we get into this system of thinking, there's an assumption that if I do what is right in the sight of God, if I'm nice to people, if I show up to church on Sunday, if I read my Bible regularly, if I'm generous to people and generous to church, then God, you have to be nice to me and generous to me. Because we think it's a rewards-based system. That if we do good to other people, God is obligated to do good to me. To show up when I want him to. Because God, don't you understand, we made a deal. And the deal is, if I do the right thing, and I show up to church, and I show up to teaching people nicely, then you have to be nice to me. What's wrong with this deal? Why aren't you keeping your end of the bargain? I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I thought we had a deal. We don't understand that most of the time... That's not how life works. And more realistically for our conversation, that's not how God works. God isn't a cosmic Santa Claus with a list checking whether you've been naughty or nice and giving you a reward better whether you've been nice. And most of us have that understanding of God. We perceive him that God, if we are doing the right thing, then you should do the right thing towards us. And it's not that God is not doing the right thing. That's where we misinterpret it. God just doesn't do it when we think he should do it. That's the real problem. The problem is, I need you to deliver me now. I need you to show up now. I need you to answer my prayer now. I need you to give me a job now. I need you to do all this now. And when you don't do it when I expect you to do it, we have a problem. 
because you're ultimately God. You're just a genie in a box. When I rub and command, you go off and you do. The problem is with that perception is that we think God exists in our world. The reality is that we exist in His world. He is the supreme authority and we are the created beings in His world. That's a struggle for some of us to understand because, you know, it's about me. It's about what I want, what I desire because I am the primary authority in my life. And we get burned out into thinking, if I do a lot for God, and I, even if I'm in church, and sometimes we do this in church, you know, we come and we serve and we give and we show up and we clean and we cook and we serve and do all these things, and then we feel burnt out. And like, why am I feeling burned out, God? I'm serving in your house. <coughs> and then when I get that dry feeling, I think, well, now I'm hurting no one cares, the church doesn't care, and more importantly, God, you don't care. Because it seems like I'm in a desperate place, I'm in the middle of this dry season, and no one cares. No one's shown up. Maybe you felt that way. Maybe you felt that way in church, maybe you felt that way in life, maybe you felt that way in the whole season that you're in. Because I've been praying for something, I've been praying for peace, I've been praying for healing, I've been praying for finances, and it seems like nothing's happened. It feels like I'm in just a holding pattern. You know what a holding pattern is? It happens in a plane. When they're coming in to land at a particular airport and the, the, the planes are busy, they just tell you to circle. So you're not in your destination, you're not where you left, you're just going round in a circle over and over again, wasting fuel, wasting time. You're not landed, you're not arrived, and you're still not where you left from. And sometimes life feels like a holding pattern, doesn't it? Feels like we're not going anywhere, it's just like a rut, and we have questions for God. Why am I going through loss? Why am I going through pain? Why am I suffering? Why am I in this place of, of dryness? And it seems like I can't get out. It feels like God has just left us. He hasn't, but it feels that way. It might feel that way in a difficult season. Let me show you a space that that is a reality. Towards the end of Jesus' ministry here on earth, Jesus was preparing his disciples for this big paradigm shift. A shift from what they had accustomed to and what they knew about in life. And it was inevitable that Jesus had to leave. The cross now was much closer than before when he first started his ministry. It was now a few hours, a few days away that he would be taken, arrested, and crucified. And even though he had told his disciples a number of times about this event, he had talked about it in the three years that they'd been together. He talked about it in different ways, and, and they didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to listen to it. They thought it was some distant event, and we don't have to worry about it, because maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't, but it's somewhere in the future. We don't have to worry about it, but that moment now is here. It's arrived. They had invested their life in the mission of Jesus. They had left their families. They had left their friends. They had left their livelihood. To follow this man on a wilderness journey. They had traveled across the country with this man Jesus. Because they really believed that he was the son of God. And so they invested their life in him. They invested everything. They gave up everything. Fishing. Matthew who was a tax collector, gave up a very lucrative job. He had a house and great property and good friends, even though he wasn't loved by the people around him. He had great things and he gave up all of that to follow Jesus. Now, it's a few hours before Jesus' arrest and he spends this moment with those that have been closest to him, his 12 disciples. They're in an upper room celebrating the Passover and Jesus spends his last few hours sharing with them some important principles and important message. Because this was the last time that they were going to be together. Because after this, everything is going to change. They will never be the same again. And they will never have that 
relationship in that capacity they were had before. Everything is going to change. They've spent three years walking, listening, and being taught by him. And now, Jesus drops on them something heavy. He is going to be separated from them. Imagine, if you will, giving up your entire life to follow, investing everything, surrendering everything to follow, and then the person you are following says they're going to leave you. What would that feel like? These disciples, they were anxious, they were angry, they were upset, they even felt abandoned, and they're definitely confused. Didn't we do what you asked us to do, Jesus? Didn't we give up? You said, follow me, and we followed. We gave up everything. What's going to happen to us now? Why do we feel like you're abandoning us? And here is the space I'm talking about. Here is the space between where you were and where you are going to end up. But this space right here feels like God isn't present. He's like, he's left. And you're confused. And like they were confused. Like, what's going to happen now? Where are we going to go? Are we going to go back? Are we going to move forward? Is this mission over? Is this purpose over? What's going to happen? Because you're going to leave. See, sometimes we don't understand. And I want you to know that this space where we feel in a holding pattern, we feel like God is not present, we feel like God is not answering, it is okay. Because sometimes we can't see over the hill. We can't see into tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen next, but He does. That's okay, because God understands the space between the now and what's next. He understands that. We might not, but he does. He understands the space between now and what's next. It might feel lonely. You might be afraid, but it will be okay. Because even though you feel that way, you are not alone. You might Feel afraid, but you don't need to be afraid because God's got you. And don't miss this because this is super important. We might understand the words of Jesus, but we don't understand the ways of Jesus. We might understand the words of Jesus, but we don't understand the ways of Jesus. Because we love what he teaches and Jesus' disciples they were on the discovery journey just as we are and they had to get it the way we have to get it because when they heard him talk about the crucifixion they didn't want to buy into this horrific end peter even rebuked him and said don't talk that way because they didn't want to think about it they didn't want to believe it and so John tells us, John was perhaps one of Jesus' youngest disciples. He was not older than 17 years old at the time. And John begins to tell us this most significant event. It's late in the evening and they've just celebrated the Passover. Jesus has taken time to teach them and he begins to wash their feet. Again, they're offended that Jesus would choose to wash their feet. But Jesus says, if I don't do it, you have no part of me. And then soon after they'll leave and they'll walk through the vineyards and Jesus talks about the vine and the branches. But right now, they're still in the upstairs room and Jesus begins to share these things. And there's an urgency to what Jesus is talking about because he knows the time is short. And they sense it in his voice and they sense it in the atmosphere. They sense the tension that's happening all around. But they're not so much listening as to what Jesus is saying because they're more concerned with what's going to happen next. So John writes this. Jesus says, love one another. You know, appreciate that the way that the world knows who you are, the disciples of Jesus, is when you love each other. But Peter, his mind, like the disciples, is on something else, on what's going to happen next. And so when Jesus is talking about love one another, he just blurts out because he can't hold it anymore because he's concerned. And this is what it says. Simon Peter asked the Lord, Lord, where are you going? 
Right? You can sense the urgency in his voice because he's saying, Jesus is talking about love, and then Peter goes, but where are you going? He wants to know. He's anxious. He seems that he's not sure what's happening. Jesus, I want you to address this concern because you're leaving. What's going to happen to us? Jesus replies because he doesn't make it any easier. Sometimes Jesus. Jesus replied, he says, where I'm going, you cannot follow. But you will follow later. Here's the space. I'm leaving you when you can't come. Why are you leaving me, Jesus? I thought I was following you. You can't come. But you will come later. But right now, there's going to be a space of separation. There's a space where it doesn't feel good. Space where I feel abandoned, where I feel alone. I feel like you've left. Peter said, but Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life if it has to be. I will give everything to follow you. I'll do it. I'll give up my life just to follow you. I'm willing to follow Jesus, even if it means that I have to die. I want to know where you're going because where you are, I want to be also. I don't want to feel alone. I don't want to feel abandoned. I don't want to feel the space of waiting. Don't abandon us. The 70 others left Jesus, but we stayed. The 12 of us, we stayed. And now you're going to leave? Jesus continues and he says this. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If we're not so would have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And they're probably thinking, yes, that sounds great, but you're leaving us behind. Right now. I don't like this space. I don't like waiting. I don't like this place of uncomfortableness when it feels like I've been praying and praying and I don't have an answer. I don't like the space where it feels I have to wait till you answer my prayer or till you do something or till you heal someone that I've been praying for or till you give me a job or a husband or a wife. I don't like this space of waiting, God. I want it now. But Jesus says... And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me. That where I am, you'll be also. You'll be with me. You know the way to the place where I'm going. So I'm leaving, but you know the way. But they didn't. They're saying you're leaving and going somewhere where we can't follow. They're frustrated. They're like, I love what you're teaching about Jesus and these deep things, but my concern is about where I'm going to end up. Where am I going to be? Where are the 12 of us going to be? They're frustrated. Their hearts and their hearts and minds, they're anxious. And they have to think like, we have to figure this out for ourselves. And, and ultimately, Thomas just freaks out. He just freaks out. He can't hold it anymore, just like Peter couldn't hold it anymore. He freaks out. And you can sense the frustration in his voice. And he interrupts Jesus. And he's almost freaking out and yelling. And this is what he says. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? You're talking about following you and we'll be there, but we don't even know where you're going. So how do we follow? How do we follow when we don't know where you're going? Doesn't that make sense, Jesus? How can we follow you if you don't tell us where you're going? Feel the tension 
and feel the space of anxiousness and frustration. And you felt that way sometimes when you've asked God and it doesn't seem like you've got an answer. Like, when are you going to do this? But all of that was to introduce something that they had to get and they hadn't got it yet. And this is what Jesus says. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And like them, we don't understand the gravity of that statement. Here is what Jesus is uncovering from them. He is not just a great teacher. He's not a great prophet. He is more than that. They might have followed his words. They might have followed what he told them to do. But they didn't understand yet that Jesus, he is the way. There isn't any other place. He's not come to point you in directions of someone else. He's not a guide at the end of the street that goes, okay, here's the path to get there. He's saying, no, no, no. I am the guide. I am the way. You don't need to wonder how to get there because you have me. I am the way. And they didn't get it. They didn't understand what he's talking about. He is the way. It's not just him giving good advice. He, he is it. He is the epitome. He is the completion. He is the fullness of everything. He is the way. They felt he was leaving them. They felt confused and lost. They didn't know what to do. In fact, when Jesus was crucified and buried, they went back to doing what they used to do. Because they didn't understand what he meant when he said this. Because they thought, well, now my purpose is gone. This mission is a failure. It's just completely disintegrated. There's nothing else for do to do. Do I still believe? Do I still pray? Do I still follow? Do I still do these things? Does it still work? Maybe I should just go back and do what I used to do. And that's what they did. Maybe you felt this way. We've asked, does this work? Because I've prayed for X number of months and I haven't got an answer. I've prayed for my child, my loved one. It doesn't look like they've got healed. I've lost something. I've lost my finances. I've lost a loved one. I've lost something significant in my life. And I feel abandoned by you. Where are you now? And we're still looking for his words to comfort us. Alone on a journey. Praying for something that you haven't got yet. Your heart feels empty. Your heart feels dry. It feels like you're trying to hold on. And you don't want to give up. But you're not sure yet. I just want to let you know, it's just the space in between where you are now and where he's going to take you. And the space in between is important because there is a plan in place. The plan was Jesus was going to make a way, not just for the disciples, but for you and me, for the rest of the world. That was the plan. And that was the way that it had to go. And there was no one else that could do that but him. In order to do that, he had to leave. The space is part of the plan because we don't see tomorrow. The disciples, they had to know the words of Jesus must lead to the way of Jesus. It's in order for them to know that, they, that he was always going to be present, whether he was physically there or not. And sometimes we might not understand this. Now, they might, it might not make sense that Jesus had to leave for him to be present. And it might not make sense to us. But in order for them to know Jesus, for them to know him and not be present with him, they had to know that it wasn't just the words they had to know. They had to know his way. The way of Jesus. What completes you, what fulfills you, is not just knowing the words of Jesus, but to know Him. 
Him. Not just His words. His words are great. And a lot of people say He's a great people that's a person that speaks great words, but they don't know Him. And it's in discovering who He is that brings you to the place of completion. It's who He is. It's His way. And that's why He says, I, I am the way. The truth and the life, which is interesting. His words are important, but so is He. It's both of them together. And the disciples, they understood His words that far, but they didn't connect that it was He that was the fountain of life. It was Him that was bringing salvation. It was Him that was going to make the world complete. It's His way. The disciples had followed His words. But now they're going to have to discover his way. And the only way they could discover his, fo- his way was to understand who he was. And to understand who he was, he had to die and resurrect. And the space in between his death and his crucifixion and his resurrection was a space where they waited and they didn't know what was going to happen next. His physical absence would lead them to understanding who he was or is. They had to know not just in their heads, his words, but in his heart, who he was. And that had to have them follow him. We don't understand the space in between. The space between where we are now and what we become. And we are uncomfortable in the space. But the space between is what makes us grow. It what makes us lean on him. It what makes us understand who he is. We don't want the space, but the space is necessary for our growth. They would become great ambassadors for him. They would go and spread the gospel of Jesus to the entire world. In a hundred years, the gospel of Jesus spread to the whole world. Most of it in their lifetime. They did such an amazing job of what Jesus imparted to them. But in that space, in the time of emptiness, in the time of loneliness, in the time of abandonment, they did not understand. And that's why I'm saying to you, it's okay. It's okay sometimes to have questions because you're not at your completion yet. It's okay when you don't understand. But understand that God has a plan. That it does work, even though it feels like it doesn't, it does work. Because Jesus, he is the way, and he's not just the way, he is the truth. And when you have the way and the truth, you will have real life. And Jesus says, there is a better way. The way matters, you know, the way we say things matter. You can say to your wife, is that what you're wearing? Or you can say, is that what you're wearing? The emphasis is different, but it has a whole different meaning. As Christ followers, you know, the truth is, we love the truth of Jesus. We love what Jesus said, and we are enthralled and fascinated with it. We like the truth, but Jesus didn't say, I am the truth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And generally, in church, in our life, we focus on the truth of Jesus. It's great because it's important. See, we talk about the truth of Jesus. The truth of Jesus sets us free. But we rarely talk about the way of Jesus. Here's a Bible trivia question for you. Maybe you have never heard this before, but it's right there in the scriptures. You can read it. Did you know the people who followed Jesus, the first in the, in the New Testament, when they were referred to as people that follow Jesus. Do you know what they were called? They weren't called Christians. Some of you might know. Some of you don't. They weren't called Christians. They weren't called Jesus freaks. They weren't called Bible thumpers. They weren't called people that do this. You know what they were called? It's right there in the scripture. Maybe you read it. It's called, they were called people of the way. Read it up. It's interesting. That's what they were called. They were called people of the way. Because they'd finally come to understand it wasn't just the words that matter. It's the way that matters. The way of Jesus. And so these spirit-filled 
Jesus-loving, self-sacrificing, world-changing people were called people of the way. Because the goal wasn't just right theology, it wasn't just strong morality. Their goal was to live and love the way Jesus lived and loved. It wasn't just thinking up here, but it was actually living out there. Think about the way Jesus lived. Compare that to the way how we live. We might know the words of Jesus. We might know what Jesus talked on a particular subject or taught about or, teached or, or taught different things. But are we following the way of Jesus? Jesus was full of joy. Most of us are full of stress. Jesus didn't worry. But people say this is a generation that has the most worry. We worry a lot. Jesus stopped for people and spent time with people. We're like, ain't no, no time for that. <laughs> Jesus was consumed with an ongoing fellowship with his father. He spent time. Sometimes it feels like we can't pray for three minutes without being distracted by a text, phone call, message, or meal. Jesus had peace. We're worried with a lot of things. When Jesus went somewhere, he walked. He took his time. We're upset that it says 80 and not 100. Because we want to get there as fast as possible. We're always pushing it. We're always feeling overwhelmed. We're always rushed. And we are rushing to become something we don't even like. We're rushing to become something we don't even like. The way we've been doing life is destroying the work of God in us. The way you and I have been doing life, scheduling, full, destroying, insecurity, unresolved hurts, depressing, deepest fears, discouraged work, has been destroying the work of God in us. But this is how we do it, right? This is how we do life, right? This is how we do it. We rush, we worry, we stress, we're anxious, we're fearful. And then we wonder, where's God? Does this work? We're not doing it the way Jesus did it. The way to success is to rush as fast as possible. The way to win is by stepping on everyone else. The way to get ahead is by kicking other people down. The way to be happy is to make sure I have stuff more than anyone else. Push it, buy it, drive it faster, achieve it much better, conquer it, rule it, possess it. That's the way of life. But that's not the way of Jesus. And when, do, when we do it that way, and then we come to God and say, we expect you to do it the same way because I'm rushing, you need to rush. When I want things delivered, you need to deliver it. When I want it shown up, it needs to be arrived on time. Like Amazon said, 3 p.m. today. If it's not there at 3 p.m., then I'm upset. God, why don't you deliver like Amazon? We're upset when God says no. We're upset when God says wait. And the only acceptable answer from him is yes. Yes is the only answer we want to hear. And that's why we are impatient in the waiting. That's why we're impatient in the silence. That's why we're impatient when it feels like God says, I'm going to go prepare something great for you. Hang on a minute. I want to give you a nice surprise. And we're like, no, I don't want to. I want it now. But bigger mansions, big houses, big things. No, 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 I want it right now. Because I want to feel good right now. And Jesus says... Come to me all who labor and are weary and are burdened and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in my heart, and, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, most of us, we don't live in an agrarian culture, so we don't even know what a yoke is. So there's a picture of a yoke on the screen. You can take a look at it. A yoke is a cross priest fastened over the necks of two animals attached to plow a field or pull a cart. And you notice that a single animal can be yoked. It's only two. And what they did back then was they put two animals to pull a cart, to till a ground. And they would put an experienced bull with a young bull. Because the experienced bull has some experience and knows what to do. And so they put this young buck that might be, you know, fafacious and a little bit out of the way. Put them there so they learn from the big bull. And Jesus is saying, inviting us to be joined with him. And the yoke separates the burden. Not just one carries it, but two. And Jesus says, you're carrying a heavy burden, but come to me and put your yoke upon me because I will help you bear the burden with you. You don't have to carry it yourself. Come to me. You don't have to do the work alone. See, and it's more than that. The yoke has two things. And the yoke has the truth and the way. You can't just have the truth. You need to have the words and the ways of Jesus. So the truth and the way matters because that's when you do life. Now, Jesus says again, listen carefully. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus had a big assignment. He had to be perfect. He had to fulfill the perfect law of God and complete the task assigned to him. Die for the sins of the world. Try to disconnect with the people of the crowd all the time and spend time with his father. But still he had long meals with people. He had deep conversations. He stopped to listen. He healed the hurting. He spent time with the broken. Today, I'm not going to give you a quick answer. Because I want you to sit in the space that you're in and understand there is a space that you need to be in before you get to your end. And it's the space that builds you and strengthens you and makes you lean and discover who he is. Because it's the absence of what we have that long, we long for it more. To lean deeper into Christ, we need to desire him more. And the way you desire more is sometimes he leaves a space where you long for him more. So what are we going to do in the next series, in the next week? I'm going to set this up for you. Where are we going? Most of us live rushed, stressed, and overwhelmed. So we're going to talk about the unhurried rhythms of grace. That's what Jesus taught. The unhurried rhythms of grace. A rhythm is a pattern or a symphony, and it's not rushed. Everyone has a timing, and it's an unhurried rhythms of grace. When as Christians, as Christ follows, we're overcome by temptation. Sometimes when that happens, we feel far from God. Sometimes we feel spiritually dry or dull. We're going to talk about unbroken fellowship with the Father. How we can have consistent, ongoing relationship, whether we're up or whether we're down. Sometimes we get unfocused, preoccupied, distracted by stupid stuff and stupid things and, and what people post and what people have and what they think about us and all this stuff and all we're consumed by that. So we're going to discover the uncut, uncluttered pursuit of God's mission. The uncluttered pursuit of God's mission. And sometimes we have regrets and we have questions and we're worried about our future and we have regrets from the past and sometimes we are present but we're not here. Our mind is somewhere else. We're going to discover some undivided attention in the moment. So are you tired of the grind? 
Are you tired of the stress? Are you tired of being miserable? Are you tired of all this pressure? Are you tired of being afraid? Tired of being angry? Tired of being anxious? Tired of being fearful? Too many problems to solve. Too many issues to carry. Too much weight to bear. Too much pain to bear. There is a better way. Not just the truth of Jesus, but the way of Jesus. And so he says, come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me, unburden yourself because I will bear your burden. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to possess it. Take my yoke upon me. Learn from me and I will give you rest true rest and the rest he's talking about is not a seizing from activity it's not sitting on a on a bench or a chair like that that's not the rest he's talking about the rest he's talking about is a rest in your soul how you can still do stuff but you have peace in your spirit peace in your soul and so that's all i have for you today i told you i'm not going to resolve it it's just come to jesus and he will give you rest. So if you're in the space of waiting, there's room for you. There's room for you in Christianity. There's room for you in Christ. There's room for you in this church. There's room for you in God's space. If you're in the in-between space, where it feels like I'm waiting, and it might be for you years, and it might be for you months, it might be for you weeks, whatever it is, you're in the space in-between. There's a space for you. There's room for you in God. Don't feel like you're losing and you're getting away and you're questioning. It feels like God's abandoned you. None of that is true. God loves you. He has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. But there's space for you in this world. There's space for you in this church. There's space for you in God. What we need to discover in the space is that He is the way. Not just the words, but who he is. Him. Who he is. His ways and not just his truth. So I'm going to leave two questions for you. Number one, where are you in your world and in your space right now? Where are you in your world? And in your space right now maybe you have some questions and maybe you've had questions for a while and they feel unresolved and you're going through the motions because you're thinking that's that's going to solve my problems but where are you what are you struggling with are you struggling with faith are you struggling with God are you struggling with issues and questions are you struggling with life does it feel like you don't have an answer to things that you've been praying for or asking for or waiting for Maybe it feels like God is far away from you. He's not, but it feels that way. And maybe you feel desperate. So I want you to sit in that for the rest of the week. Think about it. Where are you? Where are you in the space in between? And number two, where, is your, where in your life are you stressed? overwhelmed or anxious, fearful or over busy. You know it. You feel the tension. You feel the pressure. Where in your life are you overwhelmed, stressed, anxious, fearful, busy? What are you doing that's putting unneeded pressure on yourself? Maybe it's kids, maybe it's work, maybe it's marriage, maybe it's finances, maybe it's loss, maybe it's prayer. What's weighing you down? What burden are you carrying that you feel like you're alone and God has just walked away from you like he did with the disciples and said, I'll be back. And you're like, but I want to follow. There's a space there. And you don't have to feel bad about it if you're there. Just understand that God has a plan. And you might not see it. You might not understand it just yet. 
but you're not out of his plan. You're not falling through the cracks. He hasn't forgot about you. He loves you. And he has something great for you. So, stand with me as we close. We're going to talk about all this stuff next week. So don't miss it. <coughs> Let me tell you a story. There was this man who was traveling from one village to another village. And he'd gone to buy something and he was carrying all the stuff he bought, a heavy burden that was on his back. He was carrying it and he was walking away. It was quite a long journey to back to his village and he was carrying this and it was weighing him down. He was getting tired. And as he's walking along the way to his village, a man on a cart came by that was about to pass him. And a man in the cart said to him, who's carrying this heavy burden, he's like, hey, I noticed you're carrying this heavy weight. Where are you headed? And he's like, oh, I'm going to this village. He's like, oh, I'm just going exactly there. Do you want me to give you a lift, a ride? Do you want to jump up on our cart and I can help you along your way? I can carry this burden with you. And the man says, sure, Ray, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for stopping. You know, many people passed by and they didn't stop. And thank you so much for taking time to stop. I appreciate it. The man said, jump up on my cart. And so the man jumped up on his cart. And they were traveling a little distance. And he was up front and the man with the burden was behind. <clears throat> and after a little, a little ways, the man who was on the cart looked behind. And he noticed that the man who he'd offered to give a ride to was on the cart. He was sitting there, but he was still carrying his burden. And he said to him, why are you still carrying your burden? And he said, you know what, you've been so generous, you've been so kind, you've stopped and given me a ride. I don't want to overburden you by putting my burden on your cart, so I'm just going to carry it on my shoulder. Silly, but does that make sense? He was on the cart, he was still carrying the burden. But sometimes we are like that. We come to God and we say, God, I have this burden. You know, and he says, take my yoke upon me learn from me and we're like no no but this is just too much for you you know i'm going to carry this myself you can help in this area and that area but this problem i'm going to try and solve that myself but jesus says come to me all you that are weary and heavy burdened and i will give you rest Learn of me. Learn my way. And I will show you a better way. So Transformers Church, if you're watching online, if you're in person, there is a better way. The way of Jesus. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.